From the Capitol in Madison, this is Wiz Politics Midday. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam Kellenhofer here with a midday podcast brought to you by Spectrum. Today, I am joined by Marquette University Law School Lubar Center Research Fellow John Johnson to talk about some of the results from the Milwaukee mayoral election. Now, uh, Cavalier Johnson is the first elected black mayor of Milwaukee. We found that out last week after he won the election. We're going to go into some more details about those election results, but I think it's important to note that uh, Mr. John Johnson is no relation to Cavalier Johnson at all. So welcome to the show, John. It is great to have you on the show. Um, Why don't you just give us a quick introduction of uh, yourself? Thanks for having me on. I, as my job title suggests, I work at the law school where I study uh, housing, demographics, and political trends in Milwaukee and Wisconsin, and I also work with Charles Franklin on the Marquette Law School poll. All right, perfect. And we definitely like reading the Marquette Law School poll because we always report on it pretty much. So uh, let's just jump right into things here. So we saw voter turnout in that April 5th election at a pretty low number uh, when just comparing to past mayoral elections. We got a 31% turnout number. Um, How significant is that number? Does it does it just mean Milwaukeeans don't really care who's mayor, or is there something else there? I would push back on the idea that that was low turnout. Um, so turnout as a share of uh, citizen voting age population in mayoral elections across the country is usually 15%. Um, and this was about 22% of the citizen voting age population in Milwaukee. Of course, not all of those people are eligible to vote. So the than that. So turnout in Milwaukee is higher uh, than even in this election than in most mayoral elections across the country. Um, This turnout uh, uh, exceeded or was about the same as that in 2020. And this was a special election that took place not on the usual schedule. And it also did not coincide with any other significant races like a statewide Supreme Court race or a presidential primary, which was the case uh, in a regularly scheduled election. So yes, turnout was lower than um, in 2016, but that's a poor comparison because in 2016 there were competitive presidential primaries for both the Democratic and the Republican Party. A better comparison is with 2004 when turnout was uh, 40-something percent uh, because in that general election, um, the presidential primary that year uh, was not held at the same time. Um, and so it is reduced turnout compared to that race, uh, but uh, it's higher than most cities across the country, and the comparison with recent years is, is um, confounded by the fact that there were fewer elections on the ballot. Got it. <clears throat> that, that makes perfect sense to me. It, I mean, it wouldn't make sense to you know compare the, uh, the turnout to years where presidential primary was also driving turnout up. So... Um, yeah, and my, my broader point is, you know, we you a listener may still feel that that is very low turnout for an important race, mm-hmm. like for a mayor. But you, if if you feel that way, your explanation cannot be specific to Milwaukee because Milwaukee's turnout is higher than most cities. You need to have an explanation that applies to American politics more broadly. So this isn't about Milwaukee voters. This isn't about the candidates in Milwaukee. In fact, turnout here was higher than it usually is around the country. Ah, very interesting. Okay, so 
moving on here, um, ahead of the election, I was trying to get a feel for what turnout might be, um, you know, ahead of the election. And I, I talked to UWM professor Mordecai Lee. Um, UWM is my alma mater, so that's why I reached out to him. Um, and I've, I've talked to Lee in the past. But he told me uh, Cavalier Johnson's um, then chance at becoming the first elected black mayor of Milwaukee could increase voter turnout. Um, do you think that actually happened among black voters? Like, did more black voters turn out to polls uh, because they saw the chance of a first elected black mayor of Milwaukee? Well, unfortunately, we don't have, you know, good polling on the mayoral race where we ask voters why they make the decisions they make or ask people who choose not to vote why they chose that. So mm-hmm. we can't really stay beyond speculation. Um, turnout was higher in the general election than it was uh, in the primary, of course. Um, so I, I imagine the opportunity to vote for Cavalier Johnson, who's a very popular politician in Milwaukee, um, you know, I, I imagine some people were, were eager at that opportunity to vote. I think other people, based on the conversations I've had, um, like Cavalier Johnson and wanted him to be mayor, but didn't go and vote themselves because they were so confident um, that he would win. Um, you know, Bob Donovan has run before. He always gets about the same share of the vote from the same parts of the city. Uh, and it's never enough for him to come even close to winning citywide. And so I think uh, a lot of people who were, in some sense, Johnson su- supporters um, didn't actually feel like their vote was that important because they were confident that they would get the outcome that they wanted anyway. Mm, very interesting, John. So. I've heard some people argue Johnson won the election simply because he was a black Democrat on the ticket, though Johnson on election night said he never sought the position because of his race or his party. Is there any truth to that claim? Well, I I think the only people who would make that argument would be people who are um, totally illiterate about Milwaukee politics because (laughs) it's obvious that Cavalier Johnson won a majority of white voters. Yeah. Um, This was a remarkably unpolarized election by race in comparison, especially to the 2004 election of Tom Barrett, which was extremely racially polarized. Uh, So anyone who's suggesting that Johnson won just because he was a black candidate only with the support of of black voters is just um, hasn't bothered to pay even a cursory level of attention to this election. Right, because, I mean, we saw Senator Lena Taylor lose out to Tom Barrett in 2020, and she's a black woman senator. She's definitely a prominent Milwaukee politician. People know her name, know she's a strong black woman. And and Tom Barrett bested Marvin Pratt in 2004, who also uh, was a a black mayoral candidate and a black acting mayor, too. So, um, yeah, some very, very interesting points. Have you have you seen any kind of trends or patterns between you know like a first election vote share uh, number and the number of terms served? Like, are you are mayors who can uh, um, are mayors who win their first election by uh, a wide margin more or less likely to serve uh, a large number of terms? I think that's a good question. Uh, So I went back and looked through the uh, archives and 
confirmed that this is the largest majority won by a first-term mayor since at least 1900 mm. in Milwaukee. Um, and and the, the records for um, share of the vote were not available prior to that. So it might be the largest ever mm. in, in, in the record I was looking at. Uh, but I, we, we can't really answer your question because the fact is that uh, every mayor Milwaukee has elected Rick has served for a long time uh, since Frank Seidler. Mm. Um, and Frank Seidler wasn't defeated. He just didn't run for, for re-election. Um, and so uh, some of those mayors won by a lot in their first term and others like Tom Barrett only won a narrow victory uh, in their first term. But they, all of them without exception, continued to serve pretty long careers. So, uh, you know, it certainly helps um, the, the fact that uh, uh, Johnson got such a wide range of support. But I think a lot of that uh, could had something to do with Donovan's unpopularity. You know, he's such a known quantity with a, with a relatively high floor and a low ceiling of support. Um, and so, you know, in two years, uh, I'm, I have every expectation that that'll be a competitive election as well. And um, Johnson will have to prove his, his uh, ha- how broad his coalition is against a different candidate, I expect. Um, so I think we'll have a better sense of, of how long he's likely to be around for after that first regularly scheduled election in 2024. Hmm. Yeah, um, that makes sense to me. And, and that's a very good point that a lot of mayors in Milwaukee's history have pretty much every mayor, I think, has served a, a, quite a few terms in a long time in the office. Um, is that... That's Frank Seidler, every elected mayor. But before that, it's, it's interesting to go back and look at the numbers. Before that, um, there were some, some pretty contested elections, hmm. uh, especially in the 19 aughts. Um, at that time, elections were still partisan. And uh, there wasn't a primary and mayoral elections were held every two years. Um, And there were at least two elections in a row where the winning candidate became mayor with 37 percent of the vote, um, which can I think really can show you why the idea of primaries were gaining popularity at that time. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. I don't think we would uh, ever see that in in modern elections in Milwaukee. Yeah. Now that we mostly just have. I mean, and, and you literally couldn't in Milwaukee right. absent some kind of Biden campaign because we have a you know top two advance out of the nonpartisan primary system. Right. Um, so is that is it common in other cities to see uh, mayor surfer like you know a lot of consecutive terms, or is that not to the not to the extent that we've had in Milwaukee. You know, there are, there are of course, famous examples of very long-serving mayors um, in other cities, the dailies, for example. Um, but uh, Milwaukee does sort of stand out for its consistent tradition over the last many, many decades of really long-serving mayors. Mm. Why do you think that is? Boy, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's something people love to argue about. And I hear people say, oh, people in Milwaukee just love incumbents, which doesn't actually answer the question. Um, so gen- genuinely, I do not know why. 
Um, maybe the mayors that we've had have been pretty skilled. I don't know. You know, Tom Barrett had this ability uh, to assemble a different coalition depending on who he was running against. So when he ran against Marvin Pratt in 2004, he won the votes of the more conservative, uh, at that time especially segregated white, far south and southwest sides of the city. Uh, and he lost the majority black part of the city, which voted pretty strongly for Marvin Pratt. Um, but when uh, a more conservative white candidate uh, would advance to the general election, uh, as happened against Bob Donovan in 2016, then Tom Barrett would win very strong support in the majority black neighborhoods, and he would lose the conservative white neighborhoods on the far south and southwest sides of the city. And so, uh, as it turns out, Every ward in the city voted for Tom Barrett at one point or another over his career as mayor, but only a quarter of the wards voted for him every single time. So, you know, he had a base that was very much a minority of the city, but at one point or another, depending on who he was running against, uh, he was um, the most acceptable choice to uh, voters in every part of the city. Um, mm. And so that's, that's how Barrett at least, is by sort of having this middle position um, that was at least acceptable to the great majority of Milwaukee voters, even if they weren't necessarily enthusiastic about it. Mm. Yeah, that that's a very, very interesting point. Um, I know I didn't uh, give you this question to begin with, but I was just wondering, do you know where, like, what parts of Milwaukee the bulk of Cavalier Johnson's support came from? It was remarkably widespread, uh, both in the primary and in the general election. He won, uh, let's see, he won 256 wards compared to Donovan's 58. And then there was one ward that was a, a dead tie between the candidates. Mm. He won um, all but three aldermanic districts out of the 15. Uh, so his, his support was... Um, genuinely remarkable uh, in its in how widespread it was around the city. He did win all 134 majority black wards. He also won 76 out of the 107 majority white wards. Um, he won pretty much all the places that were Barrett's uh, stronghold, the neighborhoods along the lake, and also the Washington Park neighborhood where Barrett himself lived. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it was a remarkable election in terms of the, the breadth and depth of Johnson's support. All right, John, thank you very much for joining me on today's Midday Podcast brought to you by Spectrum. Uh, if our listeners want to see more about the results and the up, if our listeners want to read more about the Milwaukee mayoral coverage and get up to date on what happened in the race, they can head to our website at wispolitics.com where we have a dedicated page on Milwaukee mayoral coverage. But for now, I'm Adam Kelnhofer with wispolitics.com. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Wispolitics Midday. For more state government and political news, visit wispolitics.com.